Thank you for listening to the Reclaim Podcast. In today's message, we will be discussing the idea that you can make a difference in the world today. We hope that you are encouraged and challenged today to be the difference. Thank you for listening again to Reclaim Podcast. If you listened to episode number one, I want to thank you for coming back for episode number two. Um, again, like I said in the first episode, this podcast is not just for the messages that I do want to share with you, although I have one today that I believe will be a blessing to you and maybe challenge you just a little bit. But this podcast is also to give you some updates on what God is doing here at Reclaim Church in Hutto. And um, we've been here for about a month, just a couple days over a month now. And we are believing that God is going to do something very special here. As of right now, we're seeing that God is slowly opening doors. We're beginning to meet some people that I believe are divine connections. And we're praying that God is going to use us, this church, to make a difference in the city of Hutto, Texas. So keep us in prayer. Um, stay connected with us. Share this podcast if you can. And God is doing something great here. We're believing for miracles, signs, and wonders. We're believing that people are going to turn to Christ. Their lives are going to be changed. We we love our city. We love Hutto. We love Texas. My family is is getting used to it little by little. Of course, we miss our family and friends in California. But we're so glad that we responded to the call of God. We're so glad to see His hand moving in our family and our friends. We've already made some friends. So it is a good time out here. We love it. We thank you for your support and prayers. Again, I want to thank you for listening to the Reclaim podcast. And so this message I want to share with you, I believe it's going to challenge you just a little bit. And maybe even encourage you. So I've been out here praying for the city, praying for the people out here. And something that, that's really been a challenge to me. Because we don't have a church, because it's really just me and my family out here with this church. Well, this specific church, of course, we have friends. Um, and what's been a challenge to me is is looking at the bigger picture of what's happening in our nation. How I see so much division and, and so many people just, you know, glorifying sin and glorifying immorality and saying, this is good, this is good for us as a nation, this is good for us as a people. And I look at the bigger picture and it becomes a challenge to me to think, man, how can I make a difference in this world? What can I really do that that would make a difference, that would really bring freedom to, to the nation? And I believe that a lot of Christians think this way. That we look at our lives and we look at the bigger picture and it's like, man, what, what am I here for? Does it really matter if I say yes to God? Does it really matter if I respond to God? Maybe you're even, you're even in a place where you are trying your best. You are responding, but you're not seeing any change. You're not seeing... Um, any difference being made by your life, I want to encourage you to keep going because God does want to use your life and your life does have a purpose. But I look at the nation and I feel like we've been robbed as a nation. We've been robbed as people here in the United States and obviously all over the world. There's a lot of things going on. But I live here in the United States, so that's where my heart is. That's what I'm what I'm praying for and believing for change. And, and I think we've been robbed. And we look at what's happening and it could seem impossible to overcome. It seems like there's so much darkness that that there is no light at the end of this tunnel that even though the small light that is here is not making much of a difference, but I want to tell you it is. Even if we can't see it, we must have faith that God is on the move, that God is making changes. But it could seem impossible. It seems like there's no answers to this. Before I move on to this message that I believe again will help you, I want to share with you that again you're listening to the Reclaim Podcast. And this podcast is sponsored by the partners and donors of David Hernandez Ministries. 
You can help this podcast continue to go by making a one-time donation or becoming a monthly supporter. And you can do this by visiting davidhernandezministries.com slash donate or call 888-740-1110. That support that you're going to give will help this podcast continue. Again, as you may know, I'm a very close friend of David Hernandez. Actually, he's my brother and I work for the ministry. So help us out. Help this podcast continue to go. So continuing on the subject, talking about the idea that the problems in the world are so great, will our lives really make that much of a difference? Can your life really make that much of a difference? Can my life really make that much of a difference? And so I want to start by reading the book of Judges, chapter 6, verse 1 through 10. It says, The Israelites did evil in the eyes of, in the, eyes of the Lord, and for seven years he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountains, caves, and strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites, Amalekites, and other eastern people invaded the country. They camped on the land and ruined the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count them or their camels. They invaded the land to ravage it. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. Verse 7, When the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet who said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says, I brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I rescued you from the land of the Egyptians, and I delivered you from the hand of their oppressors. I drove them out before you and gave you their land. I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you have not listened to me. So here the Israelites are in a place of regret, saying, God, we need you. They're crying out to God, can you give us an answer? Can you give us some hope? We're here in a place of poverty. We have nothing to eat. We have no comfort. We have no shelter. We have nothing. God, can you help us? And we read in the book of Deuteronomy, that Moses, right before the children of Israel are going to enter into the promised land, Moses warns them and he tells them, we're going to this promised land, but something that you need to remember, as you enter this promised land, do not ever worship the gods of the people of this land. Do not ever worship any other god but the god who saved you from Egypt. And so he warns them and says, this is some of the regulations, and obviously there was a lot more, but he says, this is one of the regulations that you have to live by as we enter into the promised land. And we see here, and it's very obvious that the Israelites did not listen to that regulation. They did not respond in obedience to what Moses was telling them that God had said. And so now they're living in a place of regret. And, and the enemy is coming in and stealing. They're robbing all of their, their goods, all of their food, anything that could help them to live. The, the Midianites are coming in and oppressing the children of Israel. And, and again, we look at and we kind of line it up to where we're at today and we look at our, our nation. And where we are and it seems that the enemy has stolen a lot from us as well I think he's stolen real truth he's stolen our our ability to really have genuine relationships to have real unity to live in righteousness and holiness and connection with God and I think as a nation we've turned away from God and begin accepting the ways of the enemy the Bible says that in the end days that people are going to say good is evil and evil is good and I think we're living in that time today. And I think the truth is, is that it's our fault. 
we can't really blame anybody else but but ourselves because we have traded our relationship with God for temporary satisfactions in life. Even the church today would rather live in comfort than holiness, would rather live a life that is easy than a life that is that is obedient to the calling of God. And so here we are in a place of desperation, and I believe that our nation is crying out for answers. Our nation is crying out for hope. It might not look how we think it should look, but I think that as a nation, we know that we're lost and we're looking for answers. We're looking for hope. Romans chapter 1 verse 21 through 25 says, For although they knew God, they neither glorified, glorified Him as God, nor gave thanks to Him, but their thinking became futile, and their, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like immortal human beings and birds and animals and reptiles. Therefore God gave them over in their sinful desires of their hearts to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshipped and, worshiped and served created things rather than the Creator who, who is forever praised. That is where we are. We, as a nation, are lifting up people and things that are not godly and saying, this is good and this is holy, but it's not. And, and I believe that we're looking, the nation is crying out for an answer, and I'm telling you, it may seem that God is not responding, but He always has a plan. God always has a plan. Judges chapter 1, verse 11 and 12, it says, The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the yoke that belonged to Joash, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. As the Israelites were crying out to God for an answer, and it seemed as though he did not want to respond to them with any hope, God was meeting Gideon. Romans 8, 14 and 19 says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God, and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in His suffering in order that we may also share in His glory. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. See, those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. And creation waits, says, in eager expectation that the children of God would be revealed. I believe as the world is crying out, God is preparing you. God is preparing us because the answer is in us. As the Spirit of God lives in you, you are the answer to the world's cry. I find that so amazing. I think it's crazy that we can make a difference. The Bible clearly talks about how we are called to be the difference. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 and 16, it says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. 
See, as we look at this time and this the bigger picture, we say, man, how can I make a difference? Jesus makes it clear in, in this in this verse says, you are the light of the world. The, cre- the creation waits in eager expectation that the, the children of God would be revealed, and you, because of the, the sacrifice of Jesus, are a child of God in the world that waits that you would be revealed, that you can shine your light in the darkness. See, now, even though it may seem dark, it may seem like it's impossible to win, it may seem like it's impossible to overcome, now is the time to let your light shine. Now is not the time to hide, but to put your life on a stand and say, this is the light of Christ that lives in me. This is the hope for the world. We are called to lead our world to Jesus, to show them the answer. But I, but I, but I know where you're at. I know where you're thinking and it's hard to see that. It's hard to see how we can be the answer. How can I make a difference? I know myself, right? We, we tell, talk, tell, our, tell ourselves that. I know what I go through. I know who I am. How can I really be the light to the world? And so it's easier for us to hide and to say, well, you know, that person over there, they're doing a better job. My pastor is doing a better job of being the light. I'm going to let him do it. I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and hide because we look at our lives as weak, as foolish, and we say, man, I'm not, I'm not the light that the world needs. My light is barely even, even bright, but I'm telling you, God has a calling for your life. See, God will find you in your weakness and in your hiding. Again, in the book of Judges 6.11, it's while Gideon was hiding that God called him. See, Gideon was in a place where he was just trying to survive. He was just trying to make the best out of what was already happening. He just wanted to be left alone, left in peace. He wanted to to get his wheat and keep it safe. But in his hiding, God found him. I'm sure in the place that Gideon was, he didn't feel like God was with him. He didn't feel like God was going to respond. And I'm sure he did not feel like a mighty man. But here God shows up, the angel of the Lord shows up to Gideon and says, Gideon, you mighty warrior, do you ever feel that God is telling you one thing, but you're feeling another? That God is calling you to do great things, but you don't feel like you're, you're, you're good enough or qualified to accomplish those great things? Are you in a place of hiding, where you're hiding from the Lord, you're hiding from, from ministry, you're hiding from your calling because you feel inadequate to respond to that call? And we just go on with our lives like it doesn't really matter what we do. Like it doesn't really matter if I say yes. It doesn't really matter if I'm obedient to the call. Because we look at ourselves and say, I'm not the one to make the difference. But even in that hiding, when you're hiding from the call of God over your life, God will find you. See, it matters. It matters your response to God. It matters that you say yes. It matters that you are obedient because your life can make a difference. But instead of responding to the call of God, you're hiding from the call of God. Something I find so interesting about this is that Gideon is hiding the wheat. He's hiding what the Israelites are crying out for. He's hiding the provision that he has. Everybody else needed it, but he was here hiding it. See, that is what we do when we say no to God. When we say, no, I'm not the one. I, I can't respond. We're hiding the answer that is in us, which is Christ. Even, but even when we're afraid, even when we're ashamed, and even when we're hiding, God will call us. Because we can't hide from God. See, we can hide from our pastors. We can hide from our leaders. 
We can hide from our friends and our family. We can hide from all these things that are happening in the world, but we cannot hide from God. And God is looking for somebody who will be the answer. God is looking for somebody who will respond and say yes. Why is this response so important? Because in Colossians chapter 1, verse 25 and 27, it says this. It says, Of this church I was made a minister according to the stewardship from God bestowed on me for your benefit, so that I might fully carry out the preaching of the word of God. That is, the mystery which has been hidden from the past ages and generations, but has now been manifested to his saints, to whom God will to make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you, the hope of glory. The answer to the world's problems, the answer to the darkness in the world, maybe not even in the nation, but maybe you look at your family, you look at your circle of friends, you look at your job, and maybe you're in school, you look at your school, and you think, man, it's a dark place, I'd rather not be here. But see, for you to run from that situation wouldn't help the situation. What would help is if we begin to realize that the answer to these issues is in us, which is Christ, the hope of glory. But we rarely feel like we're the ones for the job, and, and I know that I might be repeating myself with that, but I think that's where a lot of us are as Christians, is that we come to a place where we're saying, man, yeah, I want the call, and I want to do this for God, but I don't feel like I'm the one to do it. And so in Judges chapter 6, verse 11 through 16, it says, The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak that belonged to Joash, where his son Gideon, Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us, given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. See, in the midst of Gideon's weakness, God called him a warrior. His actions, all the things that he was doing at that moment, made him look weak. It made him look like a failure. It made him look like somebody who was afraid, somebody who could not make a difference. But God's, God looked at Gideon and saw him as a warrior. See, wherever you're at now, your actions will express who you are. The things that you do, that is who you are. The way that you live your life, that is who you are. Your actions will express who you are, but God will express who you are meant to be. See, God will see you even in the place that you're at now. It may, it may be a weak place. You may be afraid. You may be trying. Whatever you are, that's who you are now. But God will look at you and He will express who you were meant to be. You may not see yourself as the answer, but God does. He has called you to be the difference, to shine the light that is in you. We look at an example of this. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12 through 16, Paul says this. He says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful, putting me into service. Even though I was formerly a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent aggressor, 
Yet I was shown mercy because I acted ignorantly in unbelief, and the grace of our Lord was more than abundant with the faith and love which are found in Christ Jesus. It is a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, among whom I am foremost of all. Yet for this reason I found mercy, so that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might demonstrate his patience as an example for those who would believe in him for eternal life. Now, the, now to the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever. Amen. So here's Paul, he's saying, I was the worst sinner, and God showed mercy on my life, and he brought me to a place where I was always meant to be. He brought me to fulfill the calling that was placed on my life. No matter the situations I was a part of before, God brought me into something new today. See, even though Paul was a sinner by action, and that is who he was, God showed him mercy and caused Paul to become who he was meant to be. And see, God, no matter where you're at, God will see you, and your actions will dictate who you are now, but God will call you according to who you are meant to be, according to who you will become. Because the truth is that you have enough. You have enough. Gideon's response to God is basically saying, how can you use me? How can I save Israel? Mike, he says, my clan is the weakest, and I'm the weakest in my clan. So basically what he's saying, I'm the weakest one here. How can I make a difference? How often do we, do we just give God our excuses? Do we just say, God, you can't use me, find somebody else. God, this is why you can't use me, because I'm weak, because I can't talk right, because I don't have all the talents. And we give God our excuses. But see, God is so good that He takes the weakest and He uses us to do the craziest things, to do the things that seem impossible, because God wants to receive the glory, and He's worthy of that glory. God wanted to use Gideon and his weak army so that the Israelites would know that it was God who saved them, that it was God who showed mercy. Think about if, if, a, if a really strong man or this man of great honor with a great army would have came in and saved Israel, he would have gotten the credit for that. He, it would have been like, oh, you know what? Thank you. We appreciate you. You're our hero. You, you did this for us. But what God did is he chose, he chose Gideon, the weakest one in Israel, to save Israel, to basically say, listen, Israel, I'm here and I'm helping you and I'm responding to your cry. See, God will always use the weakest candidate. That's exactly who God wants. 1 Corinthians 1.26 says, For consider your calling, brethren, that there were not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong, and the base things of the world and the despised God has chosen, the things that are not, so that He may nullify the things that are, so that no man may boast before God. See, you may see your weakness, but God sees opportunity to show His strength. Your response to God's call is God's response to the cry. Just say yes to God. See, God wants to use your life. And, and I know if you're listening, whoever's listening, maybe in your car, maybe in school, wherever you're at, 
and you're looking around thinking, how can I be the difference? Just say yes to God. You say, well, how can, how, what, what can I really do? How can I really change what's happening? Just say yes to God. Respond to God and the calling that He's placed on your life by saying, yes, God, I will be obedient to whatever you have for me, whatever you want me to do. I'm going to say yes because there's people around you right now who are crying out for God, who are crying out for hope, and you could be God's response to their cry. Gideon was God's response to the cry of Israel. In Judges chapter 6, verse 24 through 26, it says, So Gideon built an altar to the Lord and called it, The Lord is Peace. To this day it stands in Oprah. That same night the Lord said to him, Take the second bull from your father's herd, the one seven years old, tear down your father's altar to Baal, and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. Then build a proper kind of altar to the Lord your God on the top of this height, using the wood of the Asherah pole that you cut down offer the second bull as a burnt offering. See, Gideon's response to God, he didn't say, yes, I'll do it. He didn't say, yeah, I'll go. Gideon's response to the call of God was action. He responded by getting up and tearing down the altars of Baal and building an altar to the Lord and sacrificing and giving an offering to God. Gideon knew he was called by God and his response was action. Our response to the call of God needs to be a response of action. How many times do we go to an altar or make say a prayer or whatever it is and say, yes, God, I'll do what you're calling me to do. I'll do whatever is necessary. But then we leave that place and don't make a difference. I think it's time as Christians that we stop responding with emotion. We stop responding with a yes that we don't really mean, but we start responding with action right now as you're listening. As God is challenging you to do what you need to do, just do it. Don't wait any longer. Don't take another second of saying, well, maybe tomorrow, maybe next week. Just do what God, is, what God is calling you to do. Maybe there's things in your life that you have to put down and sacrifice to God. Maybe there's things that you have to let go of. Maybe there's relationships that you're in that are not good for you. And God is asking you to let those things go and respond. Just respond by saying yes. Just respond by saying yes to God. See, Israel was crying out to God. But God didn't tell them His solution. The world is lost that we live in. There is no answer in their eyes, but God always has a plan, and you are a part of that plan. Show the world the light and the hope that is in you. See, I love this this idea that we might not be able to change the whole world, but we can change someone's world. We can change somebody's life, somebody around you. You can be the response to their cry because of God that lives inside of you. I hope this message encouraged you today. I really I really hope it makes a difference in your life. Again, we're here, me and my family here out in Hutto, Texas, starting Reclaim Church. We're getting ready. We're believing God again for great things. I feel that things are going to begin to start happening very soon. Keep us in prayer. Uh, keep us in your mind. Support us. Contact us, whatever, whatever you can do. If you want more information on our church, you can go to our website, which is reclaimchurchtx.com again. That's ReclaimChurchTX.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at ReclaimTX. So again, thank you so much for listening to the Reclaim Podcast. I will speak to you again very, very soon. Thank you. Thank you again for listening to the Reclaim Podcast. If you'd like more information on our church, our beliefs, or our team, please visit our website, www.ReclaimChurchTX.com. 
or you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook at ReclaimTX.